Uh, welcome back, guys. Thanks for tuning in again. I decided to do another episode, um, even though this has not gone according to plan exactly, um, because this is now episode three, and um, I did have I did have an idea for episode three in mind um, with some some special guests, but um, you know, with this uh, coronavirus lockdown, um, we haven't been able to uh, to do that. So um, hopefully, we can get that um, that episode in the near future here with those special guests but uh i think the best thing to do now is just move on because uh, you know it's it's out of my control i mean there's there's no use uh crying over it so um excuse me uh Now, uh, for today's episode, like I said, I already kind of had this uh, planned out. Um, So this isn't like my original plan for episode three, but we're just going to go ahead and do it uh, anyway. And uh, we're going to be discussing discussing, uh, my favorite artist, The Weeknd, and his new album, After Hours. And he just released this, um, I want to say about two weeks ago, uh, March 20th. Um, And we did try to get him on the show as a guest. I did shoot him an email. Um... But he hasn't opened it yet, so I'm sure he's just been busy. Um, but it's it's probably a good thing anyway that he's not on the show because uh, I wouldn't be able to talk to him anyway. Like I wouldn't be able to uh, I wouldn't be able to form a cohesive sentence in front of him. So, um, but it's also a good thing that I did wait to do this episode a little bit. Um, you know, after listening to the album a couple times, you know, just to let it digest because um, I don't know if I'd be able to uh, contain my excitement for this for this album to discuss it so um but i think you know after a couple of weeks you know i should be able to talk about it but uh, uh no promises and he also did release the uh the deluxe version um of after hours with some remixes to uh to the songs blinding lights save your tears heartless and after hours as well as a live version of scared to live um which he uh teased on snl like I think maybe like a week before the album came out and uh, uh, the deluxe version also did have an additional three bonus tracks. Um, Nothing compares missed you and final lullaby, which, you know, was a nice surprise um, for um, um, fans of him. And I feel for those of you who don't know, I am a huge fan of the weekend and, uh, I don't know why, but a lot of my friends really clown me for it. Like, like I don't know why they do. Like, I guess it's just unacceptable to have a favorite artist unless it's like Lil Uzi Vert or uh, Playboy Cardi or something. But, but I don't know. Um, but the weekend is the number one streamed artist on Spotify right now, um, just surpassing Justin Bieber. And I think this podcast is like, it's like third or fourth or something um, for streams. But let me uh, actually let me double check that real quick. Um, Uh, let's see. Oh, oh, I see. We only have um, three or four listeners. Uh, okay. Um, yeah. Well. Uh, uh, but either way, uh, the weekend is the number one artist on Spotify right now. But you know, I guess that means he's still trash. So um, he did also make history by being the first ever artist to simultaneously be on the Billboard 200 
Billboard Hot 100, Billboard Artist 100, Hot 100 Songwriters, and Hot 100 Producers. But uh, I guess he's still trash, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Um, but this whole episode is going to be dedicated to the weekend. Uh, we're going to do a short review of After Hours. I think I um, set up like an eight-hour, set aside eight hours for uh, for that. Um and we'll rank each track on that album, 1 through 14. Um, I am not, unfortunately, going to be able to include those bonus tracks because I did start writing for this episode before he released those, so we will not have those. Um, but we're still going to look at like the first original album, 1 through 14, and its ent- entirety. And um, we'll also just kind of take a look at you know the weekend's career up to this point and see how um, After Hours fits into... Um, his other albums and um maybe at the end we'll do like a short online quiz to see how many of his songs i can recite from memory but um but yeah before we get on before we get into all that i just want to take some time to remind you guys uh to follow the instagram page um kyle for the world no spaces all lowercase um i'll be posting updates for the show as well as you know some other content that's worth checking out and also the link to my YouTube channel will be there in the description um, where I'm going to post like live recordings of the show sometimes, um, as well as some other comic sketches and maybe short films or something. But um, yeah, be sure to subscribe to Kyle Teams on YouTube and check out um, Kyle for the World on Instagram. So, All right, so uh, After Hours is the sixth project from the weekend. Um, which came out, like I said, um, earlier this past month, um, March 20th. Uh, it's almost two years after um, his latest project, My Dear Melancholy, came out, um, which was a six-song EP after um, his uh, last full-length album, Starboy, which came out in 2016. So it's actually been about you know like four years since we got a full studio album from The Weeknd. So, um, um it's, it's been a long wait, but it's definitely worth the wait. Um, I felt that After Hours was a great album, and he uh, <coughs> he uh, definitely delivered on that one, unlike, um, <coughs> unlike some artists that um, have done an album recently. <coughs> Sorry, guys, I have a little bit of a cough. Um, uh, I don't think it's crop, but uh, let me get a drink of water real quick. And uh, don't worry, I won't drink into the mic this time. Um because a, a bunch of you guys told me that you didn't like that. Um, but that didn't really bother me so much as people not liking, but I did have a few people that did enjoy that. So, um, which is, uh, just, just cool. All right. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that again, but, uh, but yeah, um, um, yeah, I don't know how the weekend, uh, does it, but it seemed like he captured another unique vibe and sound on this album, which, um, which, you know, at the same time is like unique to his other albums, but also fits in, um, with like his other sounds and styles, um, together pretty cohesively. I mean, you know, all of his songs, um, you know, just kind of have like that unique sound to them that you can, you can kind of tell that, oh yeah, this is, this is a weekend song. Um, you know, it's kind of similar to like Travis Scott, how you can definitely identify that it's, you know, one of his songs. Like they just have both like unique styles. Um, it's also kind of similar to that, um, 
you know, you can tell that, um, you know, this is an episode of my podcast because, you know, I'm recording this with a $15 mic and a Chromebook, but, uh, but, you know, it's all about having brand. And, uh, I think, you know, both the weekend and I kind of understand that, you know, that's just one, one of the many things I have in common with him. Also, we have a uh, pretty dope hair. But, uh, but what makes After Hours um, unique is that it specifically kind of has this uh, sort of 80s music vibe to it, which I think is pretty cool because, like, you wouldn't expect something like that to work, you know, with, like, today's, um, the way music is today. But it does work pretty well. And, um, you know, really anything The weekend has put out, I think, has worked pretty well. And he's definitely taken a lot of risks, um, you know, with the different types of music that he's put out, you know, with his album sounding, you know, a little bit different from each other. But, um, I mean, he just, he goes out there for this one again, and he just kind of, he just kind of crushed it again. So, I mean, you know, that being said, not every single song on this album does have like an 80s-esque type of uh, instrumental to it, but you can definitely tell that the 80s were, uh, were definitely like an inspiration, kind of like a source that he drew from when he was making this album, but, you know, the main source seemed um, to be, you know, his past relationship with supermodel Bella Hadid, um, who has been, who's, who's been in this, you know, kind of on again, off again relationship with The Weeknd for quite some time, um, you know, long before he ever, you know, kind of rose to stardom and everything like that. She's been, she's been a reference in his music before. Um, and it just seems like he's kind of been, uh, kind of been reminiscent about her and he's kind of like maturing um in a way in this album um that he's you know kind of like kind of like missing her and he kind of dedicated like this whole album to her and everything like that um but even he himself you know kind of said like the whole theme for like after hours is like you know kind of like those feelings that you get in the after hours of like the night you know late night um you know, where you kind of, like, everything kind of seems to shut down and you feel kind of, like, alone and empty and you're just, like, with those thoughts um, that you have for, like, that one person that you love and everything like that. So, you know, um, you know, kind of deep, but, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of beauty behind that. So uh, let's go ahead and start ranking um, these tracks starting at number 14 and working our way down. And uh, so at number 14, I have Repeat After Me. Um, and this is a, an interlude that sets up the next song. Um, so, you know, I wasn't really expecting too much from it. Um, but it's not terrible, you know, by any means. Um, but I was at, I did have to rank it last because it is slow and, you know, very repetitive, which, you know, obviously the title kind of um, hints at that anyway. But um, it's almost kind of like hypnotic too. Cause I mean, I mean, like he's trying to get this, this girl to like, um, you know, be with him instead of somebody else and everything like that. So he's just trying to convince her, um, to, you know, be with him instead of the other guy. Um, so it is, you know, like I said, like hypnotic and a little slow, but like I said, you know, it's not bad. Like I don't think any song in this album is bad, but, um, it just wasn't the best song on the album. So that's why I have that at 14. Uh, so next at 13, I have Escape from L.A. And um, this one I have ranked low, too, based on the same reason I put Repeat After Me lower. Um, because it is just kind of repetitive and slow. 
but it does get a, it has a good shift and mood um, that it, it just takes a while to get there. Like, um, like I said, this is like a, a really long song. Uh, I think it's close to like six minutes, so it's kind of like a throwback to its trilogy days, um, where you know the weekend put out you know long songs which I'm normally a fan of, but this one particular, I didn't feel, you know, too much. And like I said, like that shift in mood and style, you know, it just kind of comes too late and you have to wait too long to, uh, to get to that. But there, I mean, there's a good meaning behind this song. Um, um, which, you know, we'll get into later with some future songs, but, um, you know, really he kind of drew from like two cities, um, for inspiration for this album the first one obviously obviously being las vegas um, i'm sure a lot of you you know kind of already knew that that was going to be you know main part of this album because of all the music videos and stuff that he has um teased for the album but the second one is los angeles which you kind of get at um uh more when you listen to the album like after he actually released it so um but like i said we're going to revisit that theme of LA a little bit more um, and some future songs. So let's just go ahead and keep moving on. Um, at number 12, oh. at number 12, I have um, Too Late, um, which is still like, an, like I said, like a nice little track. Um, there's none, nothing on this album that I feel is bad, but um, it's just not one of the best songs on the, uh, on the album. There's nothing really to grab onto uh, with this song, nothing really too deep with it but um i do like the instrumentals on this one a lot um number 11 um is in your eyes which is actually like a really good track um which is kind of kind of crazy that i had to rank this one at 11 but um but i really don't have anything bad to say about this one um this one does have you know some serious 80s vibes going to it um i mean there's a saxophone at one part um which is just crazy because, uh, like I said, you know, you wouldn't expect that to work in, like, today, the way music is today. But it's just crazy how well it sounds. Um, and he did upload the music video for this one, um, which is definitely worth checking out. Um, it it definitely continues, like, that 80s kind of influence, um, 80s kind of vibe, because it's kind of like a horror movie from that era, like the music video. Um, and if you if you watch it, then, like, you know what I'm talking about. Cause I don't want to spoil, you know, too much of the music video because it does kind of have a narrative to it. But um, yeah, it's definitely worth checking out. And um, you know, that song in your eyes is actually very good, and I, I can't believe I have to rank it, you know, all the way at eleven. But okay, so coming in at number ten is "Until I Bleed Out," uh, which is the final track on this album, and it does it does a really nice job of wrapping things up, like wrapping the album and tying it off. Um, the only thing that bothers me about this personally is how abruptly, you know, it ended, uh, which I assume was intentional, but it, it just kind of bothers me that we, um, that we were kind of left, you know, like, you know, expecting a little bit more, but, um, I mean, that's like the number one rule of showbiz. Well, actually the number one rule of showbiz is, uh, don't let, don't let me anywhere near it. And, um, especially, you know, no matter what, don't let me get a podcast, um, so somebody definitely somebody definitely screwed up there, um, but uh, but the second rule is and showbiz is um, always 
want leave them wanting more. So um, the weekend does this by ending the song abruptly. Um, and you know, you know, with that, you know, abrupt ending, I was kind of thinking, you know, oh, maybe there's a little bit more. Maybe he has something else planned. And um, you know, I was right because he did release that um, um, extended album with those three extra bonus tracks on there. So you know, I'm not saying I'm a genius or anything, but uh, you know, I kind of am. Number nine is Faith, and uh, this one's actually a little bit different for me because um, in this song, I felt that the instrumentals were a little bit better than the lyric, which is kind of opposite the way I listen to music. Like, I always listen for, like, the lyrics first because I think that's um, what's a little bit more important to me. But this one, I love the instrumentals. Um, um, so that's why I did rank this a little bit higher on the list. Um, and he did use, like... Um, like the little snippet at the beginning to tease, um, you know, the album a couple of times on his Instagram. And, um, as soon as I recognized it, like I said, I got really excited all over again. Um, and, uh, faith is in between heartless and blinding lights. So it serves as a good transition between those two songs. Um, like it follows up heartless pretty well. And it also sets up blinding lights very well too. Um, you know, he did, he did a really good job. Um, you know, on transitions between songs in this album overall, but I think this one was probably like the best one. Um, so yeah, uh, number nine is Faith. At number eight, I put Save Your Tears. And although this is kind of a somber song, it's um, I think it's a song that we can all like relate to in some way. Um, you know, uh, uh, he's kind of talking about um, like that feeling that you get. Um, when you, you kind of feel alone in like a crowded place and everyone around you is kind of having fun except for you, which I think, you know, we can all kind of relate to at some point in our lives. Um, and the line, you know, where he talks about, you know, the girl walking past him, like he's not there. You know, I think a lot of us, you know, kind of, kind of had an you know, experience like that before. Um, and, you know, this song especially speaks pretty deeply because, um, you know, apparently this is this kind of actually happened to the weekend because, um, uh, like I said, this song is or this this song and a lot of songs on this album is about um, Bella Hadid, um, and apparently you know this happened where the weekend showed up to a club that she was at with her friends, and uh, you know when she saw him, you know she just left with her friends and you know walked past him. I don't know if that's true, but supposedly that's what happened. So this song is a little bit deeper and respect to that it kind of like humanizes the weekend and makes us all kind of feel, you know, the same feelings that he's felt before. So, uh, number, number eight is, uh, save your tears. All right. So uh, number seven is alone again. And it's uh, actually the first track on the album. And, uh, similar to like, to like faith, I kind of had like the same feeling that I liked the, the instrumentals over the lyrics on this one. Uh, cause the instruments are just incredible, especially when it makes that shift kind of like halfway through the song. Um, it's just, I mean, he just killed it on that. Um, I also like that his use of alliteration on this, on the title. Um, not that that's important or anything. I just, I just wanted you guys to know that I know big words and stuff like that. Um, so number seven is alone again. Uh, number six is after hours. Um, so he did actually release this one before the album. Um, as kind of like a final tease building up to it. Um, and this is another long play similar to uh, Escape from L.A. Um, I think this is also around six minutes. 
Um, but it, it just has a really good vibe to it. Um, it definitely, it definitely has a way of, you know, kind of like grabbing you and roping you in and you kind of just get lost in the song. Like I've listened to it plenty of times. Um, I remember like the first time, like the first night it came out, I think I listened to it three times and it felt like really no time had passed, even though it's a six minute song. Um, so it's definitely like, it's definitely unique and kind of like, um, hypnotic too. Um, and it really kind of captures like the whole feeling that you get, um, or the whole feeling that he kind of wants you to get when you're listening to the album. I mean, obviously it is the same, the track is the same title as the album. So, I mean, that's kind of, kind of given, but, um, you know, you really kind of do get that feeling of like the after hours of the night where you kind of have that, you know, like that longing feeling, you're kind of just left alone, um, with just your thoughts and everything. So definitely a cool song. Definitely, you know, it's got a unique vibe to it. So, um, if, if you were to listen to no other song, um, on the album, or you just want to know what, um, what to expect when, if you're going to listen to the album, I would definitely listen to, to after hours because it kind of just has that, um, has that vibe to it that, you know, it's kind of like shown parallel throughout the whole album. So, and uh, number five is going to be hardest to love, um, which is one of my favorite songs on the album. Um, it has an upbeat tempo to it, despite kind of having some depressing lyrics. Um, but it's a, it's got a nice heartwarming message behind it. Um, you know, he's kind of talking directly to this girl. Who uh, keeps, you know, taking him back, still loves him, um, even with all the mistakes that he's made. So it's a, it's a nice little track, nothing too fancy about it. Um, so that's why it's, you know, kind of one of my favorites on the album. Um, and number four is Heartless, um, which can kind of be expected. Uh, this is one of the first songs, I think it actually is the first song that he teased for the album. Um, and he released it, um, you know, a couple of months before the album did come out, um, and I think he was, you know, probably in a different mindset for this one than probably like all the other songs, um, because it does kind of stand alone as um, having a different vibe and different kind of um, feeling than all the other songs on this album. It's kind of like an outlier in that way. Um, but yeah, basically the premise of the song is that he's going around, uh, sleeping around with a bunch of different women and, you know, not wanting to settle down or anything and just kind of living life in a carefree way. Um, and that like, whenever he tries to make up for his mistakes or be a better and bigger person, it just doesn't work out. So, um, you know, the only way to cope is to go, you know, go around life, not having a heart, you know, without caring for anything. Um, because, you know, he's just going to wind up, you know, getting hurt in the end, um, which, you know, I think, you know, so we can relate to in some way, you know, this, the, at the time that the song did come out, I kind of, you know, was going through like a similar thing in my life where, um, you know, whenever I, I tried to, you know, to make up for my mistakes or be the nice guy, it just opened me up to get hurt again. So, um, you know, this song will always have a special place in my heart just because of the time. Um, it, it came out, I was kind of, you know, trying to go, and have like that same similar outlook on life. So, um, just, you know, for that reason alone, it's one of my favorite songs, um, ever, not just on this album, it's just one of my favorite songs in general. Um, 
but that's enough about my shadowy past. You know, let's just uh, let's just get back to it. Coming in at number three, I put uh, "Scared to Live," um, and you know, which is just simply a beautiful track. Um, it's like a complete polar opposite of "Heartless." Um, you know, in this, and you know, in terms of like his mindset when he's writing it, and like the overall tone. Because um, in this one, you know, he's he's apologetic to this girl um, that you know he wronged in the past, and he's just kind of hoping that she can walk away unscathed and live her life again. You know, without the thought of him, you know, stepping in and ruining it all over. Um, you know, which is kind of funny considering, you know, that I have, you know, this one and Heartless back to back on my list. But I think that really just goes to show um, the weekend's versatility as an artist and my versatility, you know, as a listener. So, um, but no, like I said, it's just simply a beautiful track. And as I mentioned before, he did pre previously tease the song on SNL. Um, which I think, like I said, was maybe like a week before the album came out. Um, but um, if you haven't listened to that one, um, I would definitely look that up because I mean it is very good perform. It's a very good performance. Um, but yeah, I mean with this one, the song "Scared to Live," you know, a lot of the lyrics just hit hit you straight in the heart and everything. So it's um, so it's just you know a great record altogether. Um, he actually did sample a little bit of Elton John's record um, "Your Song," which is is very subtle. I didn't notice it the first time, but um, after I looked it up and found out about it, I did you know look back and kind of see you know where he uh, where he did use some of that. Um, and he did credit Elton John as one of the writers, which is pretty cool. But um, but yeah, like I said, it's overall a really good track. Um, so yeah, "Scared to Live" is uh, number three. Now for number two, I have actually have blinding lights, um, but let me explain because I can easily see this being um, number one and being the best song on the album. And you won't hear any argument from me on that one because I do think it is probably the best song on the album. Um, but it's not my favorite song, and I'll explain why in the next. The next track is my favorite, but um, you know I, I I cannot find anything bad about blinding lights. I mean it's you know ultimate '80s vibes going on here. Uh, he just killed it on this one. And, you know, even my friends who don't like The Weeknd um, said that they do like this song. So, I mean, you know, you know, there's enough said about about it there. Um, this was the second song that he teased for the album. It uh, came out a couple days after Heartless. Um, this was on Thanksgiving night at midnight. Um, and, I mean, it's just a great song. I mean, it's, you know, ever since it you know, came out, I mean, it's been on the charts, climbing the charts and, you know, just crushing it. Um, this is, uh, I think, you know, this is a song that everybody can, um, can find something they like. And to be honest, um, no matter what type of music you like or what, what your taste and genre is, um, um, I think you, I think you'll like Blinding Lights. Um, I haven't heard anything bad about it from anybody. So, um, so like I said, you know, I mean, it easily could be number one, but um, because, you know, it is like the, I think it is the best song on the album, but it's not my favorite song. So I'll explain why number one is my favorite song. Um, so taking the number one spot on my af after hours trackless countdown is actually Snow Child. And uh, here's why I put Snow Child number one, um, because to, to a casual fan, they might not notice um, that there's too much 
too much to the song, um, but for like a more avid fan like myself, there's many layers and references, you know, to the weekend's past, his rise to stardom, and everything on this track, which makes it my favorite on the album. Um, and not to mention, I mean, the opening line gets me every single time. Um, I mean, I actually did cry the first time I heard it, but uh, um, because I mean, I mean, that's something that you know we all kind of can relate to. I mean, um, you know, I mean, we all kind of have you know, a tough time at that age. Um, you know, the last few months, you know, when I was 16 is when, you know, it started to get hard for me. And then, you know, 17 was just a terrible year for me. Um, but, um, you know, I just completely lost. And then, you know, I mean, um, you know, after getting through that, um, you know, 18 um, isn't all too great start either. I mean, look at where we are right now in the world. But, uh, but uh, either way, uh um, I think there there is kind of um, something that you know we can all relate to at that age because uh, you know, that's kind of like the age where we're you know kind of trying to you know find our identity in the world and everything like that. So I mean, just that line is just something that um, you know gets me every time uh, because it's you know something that's you know easily right away you can connect with. Um, but you know what else is you know kind of like heartbreaking in this song is um, the lyrics right before you get into the chorus. And uh, this is what I was getting at before. If you're not familiar with The Weeknd and, you know, some of his past music, you might not have gotten this reference. It might have gone over your head. Um, but the significance of the line, um, Kelly was a mission, um, is um, is much more significant than, you know, a lot of people might have thought because he did use this line a lot in previous songs um, back, you know, in his Beauty Behind the Madness days. And even as far back as, you know, uh, his trilogy days, um, you know, House of Balloons and everything like that. Um, but the first time this uh, phrase, Kelly, is the mission came up uh, was um, on his track titled The Morning. Um, and he also used it again in Tell Your Friends um, for Beauty Behind the Madness. Um, but what makes it heartbreaking that he's using it here is he's using it in a different way. Um, because before, back then, he's saying, you know, Kelly is in Michigan, you know, that's where he wants to go, you know. He wants to go to California, L.A., everything like that, because, you know, we see California and Los Angeles as, like, you know, the best place to be. You know, if you make it there, then you've made it in the world. Um, you know, that's where, like, dreams are made and everything. Like, you know, you've got to go there if you want to make it. You know, if you want to make anything out of yourself, you've got to go there. Um, but here in Snowchild, he's kind of, like, reversing that ideology where he's saying that, um, you know, before Kelly was a mission, but but now he's leaving. Like he can't stay there. Um, like he's done with it. Um, you know, which you know, not to go too off topic, but that's kind of like a familiar kind of theme that we're seeing in music nowadays. Uh, most recently, um, you know, I think of Post Malone releasing Hollywood's Bleeding and everything like that, where you know he was um, he was um, kind of talking that you know in like an interview that. You know, he, he moved out of L.A. because, you know, he just couldn't take it anymore. Because, um, you know, he was kind of saying that, like, like, like in a way that, you know, it's kind of like Los Angeles and Hollywood is kind of, you know, just dying in that sense that it's not really what it used to be. And a lot of people are out there are just not good people anymore. And, um, you know, they're just there to kind of, like, bleed you dry and take advantage of you. Which, you know, I mean, for an artist, I can definitely see that. Um, as a reality and um, 
you know, he's just saying that it's, you know, just a bad environment. And, um, and yeah, I mean, like I said, you know, that's um, not to get too off topic there, but, you know, we see, we're seeing that a lot more in artists nowadays, you know, especially with Post Malone. And, um, you know, I'm a really big fan of what he had to say there. Um, and it seems like a lot of people nowadays are, are kind of worried about um, Post Malone because, um, you know, uh, and myself included, but, you know, yeah, everyone's going around, you know, posting these videos of him on TikTok um, and stuff, you know, which is actually, you know, really, really helpful because, you know, people on TikTok, you know, are just at another level of intelligence, you know. I mean, um, you know, they're almost there, you know, at that level of, like, people on Twitter, maybe even more so. Um, yeah, like, I would have to say, like, the hierarchy of intelligence, you know, when it comes to social media is probably TikTok at the top and a very close second is Twitter. And then, you know, everything else, you know, is just on that third tier. Um, and then podcasts are even lower than that. Um, but, uh, yeah, maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll have to make an episode um, uh, of that, too, where I break down, you know, the uh, – let me add that to my notes real quick. But, um, but yeah, I'll, I'll, like, try to, like, break down, like, the the different levels of intelligence from, like, social media platforms or anything. But, um, but like I said, I mean, um, you know, there is all this stuff going around. You know, Post Malone's, you know, starting to lose his mind and everything like that, but – yeah, I don't know how true it is, but, um, you know, definitely, um, definitely, um, in all seriousness, I do love Posty and I hope he's okay and everything like that. But, um, but yeah, um, I hope, I hope he's okay. Um, because the world is definitely, you know, a better place with him in it. So, but yeah, I mean, like I was saying, um, you know, the, the message that The Weeknd is trying to convey here in this song uh, definitely has a lot more to it than someone might have noticed their first time listening to the track. But um, it's definitely a good message. Like, I think we should take away um, the fact that it is, you know, a good message that he's trying to say here. Um, he's kind of showing that, you know, he's kind of evolved and he's growing as a person. And like I said, he was like kind of like maturing on this album. Um, and then he kind of has this reala- realization that, you know, maybe LA isn't really all that great. And, um, it's not, you know, kind of like the way he imagined it was, you know, when he was younger. Um, and there actually is like a lot of negativity that comes from that place. And it's, you know, probably just best for him to move on and, you know, take his life elsewhere. And he does make a lot, um, uh, a lot of other references to other artists on this track. Um, he had a line in there that was like you know like a nod to Eminem and um another to Jay-Z which was cool to hear um Sway Lee also um and you know um who he's worked with in the past on a few songs but um but there's like no negativity or anything you know to these artists you know it's all just you know all love and everything for them um you know the only thing that he does you know kind of throw shade at is like his critics and everything and people you know um that have been giving him a lot of hate for like no reason. Like, um, he kind of addresses it on that line. Um, every month, another accusation. Um, the only thing I'm phobic of is failing. Um, and what he's talking about there is, um, uh, he's all, he, he received a lot of backlash on a song that he collabed with, um, guess self esteem. Guess self esteem. Give a festoline. 
Jeff 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 Felstis, Jeff Felstein? The uh the French DJ producer um that he's worked with before on a few songs. But um yeah, this last song that they did together, um Lost in the Fire, which came out in twenty nineteen. Uh, the weekend had a line on there that, you know, apparently people thought, you know, made him homophobic or something like that, which is ridiculous because I didn't even hear about that until um, I started looking into this song because like, I, I didn't know what he was talking about there. Um, but yeah, apparently like, um, you know, people are out here claiming that he's homophobic or something like that just because of that one line, which again is just ridiculous. Because, um, you know, he did supposedly take a shot at Drake in this song too, which I did hear, but doesn't seem like many people are talking about that as much as this homophobic thing. So, but it's, I mean, it's whatever. But yeah, I think like the main thing that he's kind of getting at um, Snow Child is like what I kind of already mentioned before, like his bad experiences with his fame and living in LA. Um, but, you know, he's also kind of reminiscent and reflective of his past, you know, that kind of guided him to this point in his life. And, you know, even though he had struggles, you know, back then, like, which he kind of mentions in the first song, the first lyric of this song, um, um, he kind of, you know, maybe misses, you know, those kind of struggles, like they maybe weren't as bad as, you know, what he's going through right now. I mean, he kind of maybe misses that life before he was famous, um, you know, which is something that, you know, a lot of people say and not a lot of people believe, but I, I don't think that, you know, we'll ever really know, um, you know, what it's kind of like to experience, you know, that level of fame and everything. So, um, but, uh, you know, that's something that, you know, I just kind of thought about, you know, as I was, you know, writing the script for this episode, um, which is why I love this song so much because it's, you know, so deep and there's so many layers to it that you just kind of have to uncover, you know, which is, which is similar to a lot of like the weekend's music, you know, you know, the more you listen to it, the more and more you kind of like discover those, you know, subtle hints and like subtle meanings behind it. So yeah, that just about wraps up, um, the after hours review and track list. Um, so ho- hopefully you guys agree with me on that. Um, you know, if you're even still here at this point, um, yeah, hopefully, you know, at least we have one or two of you listening still, um, that are still here, but, but yeah, I said, like I said, I, I hope you agree. And if not, I mean, I don't really care. You know, it's my podcast, but, um, you know, it's not yours, but, you know, if you have a different opinion, you know, go ahead and get your own podcast. Like, no, like, seriously, like, go ahead and get your own podcast, figure out how to do that, because I have no idea what I'm doing. So, you know, let me know um, about that, but, because I have no idea what I'm doing. All right, so for the next segment here, and this is hopefully going to be shorter, because, um, I mean, even I'm starting to get bored and tired at this point, but, um, we're going to go ahead and take a look at the weekend's past discography and uh, see where After Hours fits in, you know, with the rest of his albums. So like I said, I really do like um, After Hours. I think it was definitely one of his best. Um, but I mean, I like, like I said, I like everything that the weekend puts out. So, I mean, it's a little, it's going to be a little bit hard for me to discern, you know, his albums from each other. Um, but if I had to rank it, um, I'd probably, I'd put it, fairly high maybe like third or fourth maybe fifth um because his top two for sure are definitely starboy and trilogy and there's i mean i think there's no argument there i mean starboy you know it was just absolutely iconic for him um 
and it's technically his largest album because trilogy is actually you know three different mixtapes put together to make a big album but uh i think starboy has um 18 and um trilogy is 30 but three different mixtapes so three 10 song mixtapes put together so um but yeah starboy is his uh, his biggest album and i think you know it's it's definitely one of his best um it's the you know like the first album um of his that i played all the way through and listened to it all the way through like i remember um you know just almost every single day in school you know i'd play it all the way through um in freshman year during bio class so it's definitely been a big part of my life um and you know that crucial stage of development where um you know, we're kind of like, uh, you know, trying to get like identity confirmation, everything like that. Um, so, you know, um, you know, everyone nowadays asks me, you know, am I this, am I that or anything like, like, I, and I already know the answer, you know, I'm just that Starboy, you know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, I mean, Starboy's got the most features on it than all of his other albums. Um, Future is on there, I think twice, Kendrick Lamar and uh, Lana Del Rey each have a song featured on there. Um, and he also worked with Daft Punk on, I think, two of those songs. Um, but yeah, I mean, Starboy is a little bit more pop um, genre than, you know, what we're used to hearing from, like, Vintage Weekend and everything like that. But it's still an incredible album. And um, on the flip side, you know, Trilogy was The Weeknd's, like, first project. So that's, like, as Vintage Weekend as you're going to get. Um, and it's definitely not pop. Um, you know, it's not something that you would usually hear on the radio too often, but, um, I think that's what makes it unique and kind of gives it that individualistic vibe to it. Um, it's not the first album that I did hear from the weekend, but it's the first album that, you know, I fell in love with the weekend. This is music. Um, and it does have a few features on there. Uh, most notably, um, the zone with Drake. Um, so that's a good song. Um, one thing that is unique to trilogy, and I know I kind of mentioned this before, but a lot of those, a lot of the tracks on there are like five to seven or five to six minutes. One of them, I think even seven minutes, um, which, um, you know, I think is partly because of the fact that his, that the instrumentals in the songs are, you know, very intricate and unique, um, and, um, you know, there's a lot of, like, mood switches between them and everything. Um, I mean, you know, the perfect example for this is, like, House of Balloons. Like, that's kind of, like, two different songs, you know, put together in one, um, which is, you know, one of, like, my favorite songs. Um, I think, you know, I had to say it might be my favorite song from the weekend. But, um, you know, just because of how unique, uniquely sounding it is. Um, because, you know, at the time when I first listened to it, I've never heard anything like that before. Like, I've never heard another song like that before. Um, and another reason, you know, I do love Trilogy so much is because, um, yeah, I think most of my favorite songs from the weekend are on this album. Like I already said, I already mentioned House of Balloons. Um, but, you know, there's also 28, The Knowing, Echoes of Silence, Till Dawn, um, and Wicked Games, which I think a lot of you have probably heard before, but... Um, yeah, overall, like, the experience that you get when you listen to Trilogy is unlike, you know, any other. 
experience that you'll get. I mean, it's just kind of like unparalleled. Like you're not going to hear anything like that from another album. So yeah, I mean, these two albums, you know, are quite different from each other, but they're both, you know, incredible in their own ways. Um, um, as far as, you know, which one I think is better, you know, I don't really know. I, I can't really decide on that. I can't really give you a definitive answer because like I did listen to both of them, you know, a little while ago when I was writing the script for this episode. Um, if you asked me today, I think I would probably have to say trilogy. Um, but like I said, if you would have asked me last week, I probably would have said Starboy. So I don't know. Um, but but like today, I would have to say Trilogy just because of like, you know, how unique it is. And, you know, the, the emotion and vibe that the album kind of gives off is something that I just have not, you know, um, experienced before in any other music. And I think Starboy, I think Starboy is unique, too. But I feel like other albums have kind of given off that same kind of vibe to it. So, um, I would probably have to say, you know, just trilogy, just because of how unique it is to other music, but, um, I'm not gonna, you know, rank those one to two or, or anything like that. Um, I'll just say that, you know, they're kind of like tier one, like they're at the top tier, um, of the albums from the weekend. So yeah, we'll just call trilogy and Starboy um, tier one. Um, so if I follow like that same tier list, tier two, um, with, you know, very little separation, because like I said, I do like, you know, all of these albums from the weekend, but, um, starting at tier two, I think I would put, uh, my dear melancholy. And this is the, uh, the EP that I was talking about earlier, which is only six songs. Um, so it is short, but uh, I mean, really every single song, you know, serves a huge role on that album. Um. I actually did just write um, a paper on this for my English class. So I do, this is fresh in my mind and everything like that. Um, but, um, you know, the, the big overall kind of meaning, you know, to um, to My Dear Melancholy is, you know, kind of like a, a way of getting back at Selena Gomez, who, um, you know, the weekend dated, you know, for about like, I think like, I think it was like 10 months in 2017. Um so uh, there was a lot going on with it that I don't really want to get into because, like I said, there's um, I just wrote a paper on it. But I mean, you know, the EP, you know, it's, you know he released it as kind of like it, of his way to cope with, you know, that and you know, kind of like get revenge on her or anything. But um, but you know, even with all the drama and like deeper meaning, you know, to this track, um, I feel like you know, even the songs standing alone, um, you know, with no meaning to them, are very good. Um, um, you know, the most, the most popular of which is probably being like, call out my name and similar to like what I said, like bl with blinding lights, I think this is a song that, you know, everyone who's heard it probably likes it. Oh, um, except for Selena Gomez though, you know, she probably didn't like it. Um, but anyway, yeah, I mean like, like that's the reason, that, um, I probably don't have it higher on tier one just because, um, it is, it is shorter. Um, um, it's only six songs, but like I said, all those songs are pretty good and they do, you know, serve a whole purpose to the whole album or EP. So, so also on my second tier and I hate to do it, but, um, I have beauty behind the madness. 
uh, I'm not proud to put it put it on tier two because um, you know, I really like it. I think I think a lot of you can make an argument that um, it should be tier one, but um, yeah, I have it tier two, and here's why: because um, like it is a really good album. I mean, this is the first album where I kind of discovered the weekend, um, and I'm sure a lot of us probably discovered him on this one because um, you know it has. Um, uh, can't feel my face which is you know his most probably popular song um the song that he kind of blew up with um so you know this this album does have a lot of you know songs that were like the first songs i ever heard from the weekend um the hills also is on here um so you know it kills me not to put this any higher but um But, um, you know, I think there is kind of a drop-off, you know, after those two songs um, for, like, the quality and, like, the overall greatness of the music and the songs that he has after here. Um, like, after um, Can't Feel My Face in the Hills. Um, um, but, I mean, like, every, like I said, every other song on there besides maybe Real Life um, just aren't as good as standalone songs as you know like starboy and trilogy so that's why i kind of had it lower um but i still love this album um because you know it is kind of like it is the first time i heard of the weekend and um so i mean it'll always be special to me because of that um i mean this is kind of like you know iconic weekend um phase you know with his like his dreadlocks and everything like that and his crazy hair um but, you know, just because of, you know, the fact that, you know, not too many of these songs can stand on their own as being really good. I can't, I can't, you know, rank this any higher than a tier two. So, um, and also for tier two, I'll also put after hours on here. Um, but I think that's just kind of like a placeholder for now because, you know, although I say, I said, I, I do love it. I don't know if it, as it, as, it is as good as, um, Starboy and Trilogy. I think only time will tell if it can stay in with those. But I think for right now, um, tier two is a pretty good spot for it. And that just leaves Kiss Land alone um, at tier three, um, which was his second album after Trilogy. Um, and I really, like I said, I don't have anything against it. Um, um, but it is, it is pretty similar to Trilogy. Um, but it's also actually kind of poppy as well. So, I mean, it's kind of like a mix of Starboy and Trilogy. Um, but it does have a cool vibe to it. I think he definitely had, you know, a lot of fun with this one making it because he actually did work on it, you know, a little bit all over the place around the world. Um, obviously, Toronto, where he's from. But he also did um, work on it a little bit over in Japan. Um, and Japan was a big influence and inspiration for it because, like, a lot of the concept art for this had, like, Japanese styles to it. Um, but the reason I think it just stands alone at the third tier is because there aren't, like, any iconic songs to it. Um, I do like Wanderlust and uh, Tears in the Rain, but, again, I mean, there's nothing iconic to where, you know, it can stand alone as, like, a single song where, like, you would listen to it as a single song. Um, I think it's more of, like, an album that's, you know, good to play as, like, an entire album. Um, rather than just a couple songs off it but it has been a while since I've listened to this album all the way through so I should probably you know do that again um, but like I said I mean 
Um, there's not really anything iconic or special to Kiss Land, so that's why I have it ranked by itself on that third tier. So that'll pretty much uh, wrap up this segment where we kind of did like an overview of like the weekend's albums up to this point um, of his career. And I would highly recommend that you guys at least listen to some of that, some of those albums, um, because it's probably unlike anything you've heard before, um, especially Trilogy, uh, because that one's such a good album. And, you know, it's his first one, too. So um, I think it's very rare for an artist to have like a really good album as their first one. So um, so I think you guys should at least check out some of those, some of those albums, uh, um, at least, you know, some of the few songs that I mentioned on there. Um, just to, you know, kind of get a feel for what the album would be like. And if you like those songs, maybe go ahead and listen to the rest of the album. But um, but I, I definitely do think it's worth your time to at least check some of those out. Like, I wouldn't I wouldn't tell you if I didn't believe it was worth your time. All right, so now it's time for our final segment. And uh, this is where um, I'm going to... Um, test my knowledge as a fan of the weekend and I'm going to try to see how many songs I can recite from memory. Um, so we'll go ahead and this is just like one of those basic online quizzes and I know you guys can't see it, but, um, you know, I'll try to do it best I can to, um, to try to explain what's going on here. So, um, you know, we, we're some of those, like I said, basic quiz websites and, um, I'm going to have 10 minutes to try to name all 75 of his songs. And this does not include After Hours. Um, it only goes up to My Dear Melancholy. So this is a little bit of an older quiz. But um, um, it is broken down by album. So hopefully it'll help me out a little bit. And I'm hoping I can get, you know, at least maybe, um, at least maybe, you know, 30 or 40 of the 75. I don't think, I do know all of his songs, but I don't think I can remember them all from memory. Um, so... Um, let's go ahead and try to do this. Um, I, I apologize, you will hear my uh, keyboard typing a lot, but um, we're going to go ahead and start the quiz. So actually, change of plans, because I did try the quiz, and I tried to record while I was doing the quiz, and it completely nuked my computer, so I thought I lost all the recording for this episode, but I did not. Um, so I'm not going to do the quiz for this episode, but I promise I will get it to you in another episode, maybe like an episode three, part two, um, where I can go in and record and take the quiz without um, the stakes being so high, where I might lose all the recording of the episode. Um, so we're just going to go ahead and wrap this up. Um, and I, I'll make this conclusion very short. Um, but, you know, thank you for listening. Um, I I do apologize that this episode is quite long. Um, I don't really plan on making all of them this long. Um, but I just kind of wanted to try and see, get a baseline of where I kind of want to, you know, be at for like episode lengths and everything like that. Um, but if you've made it this far, thank you for listening. Thank you for staying with me, you know, for this, for this long episode. Um, and uh, make sure you do check out that Instagram and YouTube page. And um, hopefully, you know, I can get more episodes out to you guys soon now that I'm kind of abandoning my previous plans of having guests on, you know, when we, where we kind of see 
um, where we're going to be at for the next couple months. But um, like I said, plan to get more episodes out to you guys. And as always, thank you for listening.